get started if you are one if you are one that's here tonight and you were not able to partake of the Lord's Supper this morning if you'll go ahead right now and make your way back to the little chapel you'll be served at this time all right Genesis
What's the verse that we can see that proves God made everything? Hebrews what? Three and four. Every house is built by someone. Every house is built by someone. But he God said judges over Israel. One great woman, 14 men. They helped Israel fight their battles, fight their battles, and God said, I'll help you.
class tonight, I want to have a prayer and make a couple of announcements. The only announcement really that I think we need to make is to remind everybody about Trunk or Treat, and I'm sure you already know what's going on with that, and uh, you can tell by looking at some of the uh, costumes already in play tonight that it's going to be a pretty good night. I'm looking forward to this uh, wonderful period of fellowship. So, would you bow with me in prayer, and after the prayer, I'm going to lead a verse of a song to allow our teachers to go to class. And when you folks go to class, here's what I want you to do. When you step out of that pew, walk. Not fast, but slow, okay? Walk. Let's try that tonight, okay? All right, y'all bow with me. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the day. We're thankful for all you do for us, Father. We are mindful of many that we know that are sick, that need our prayers at this time. Please bless them as only you can. Again, Father, we pray your comfort and peace upon those who are grieving over the loss of loved ones. Father, continue to bless the church here at Boonville. May we continue to be a shining light in this community. Most of all, we're thankful for your son, Jesus, who gave his life on the cross, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.
Good evening. I hope all of you are well tonight. Uh, thank you for being a part of our Bible class this evening and the other uh, activities that are going on. And thank you for supporting those things tonight as we begin our Bible class. Um, it is, of course, our custom to remember those who are sick, especially in this class, those that you may have on your mind particularly. There is a uh, always a long list on the, the bulletin, and um, I don't do a good enough job of taking that bulletin and being regular in uh, praying for those people who need it regularly, and I need to do a better job. Now, uh, is there anyone that you particularly, on this 30th day of October, that you want to uh, put on our prayer list as we start our Bible class this evening? Kay Jackson's not doing well? She's just already dead. Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Kay's not feeling well today. Chopper Taylor. Yes, of course. Continue to remember our brother Chopper Taylor. The Hope family. The Hope family? H-O-L-T. Yeah, I knew that. Ben? He's back home. Is he home? Ben is back home. That's right. We need to remember Ben. He is back home. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Martha and my sister, Norma. Okay. Uh, Martha? Norma. Norma. Where did I get Martha? I said Martha and my sister. Norma. Oh, okay. Martha's sister. She asked us to pray for her. Okay. She's having problems. Okay. So Martha and who? Norma. Norma. Now, not supposed to be up there? Martha and John's sister. No, no. Oh. oh. Norma. Yeah. Well, now listen. Martha can use it too. Just pray for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all need it. What is your sister's name? Norma. Norma. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I used to laugh at Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> But I really think I understand how the poor man felt. <laughs> so anybody else? Let's go to God uh, in prayer at Thanksgiving for the rain and the sun that's shining now and especially for these about whom you have asked. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for the privilege of prayer and the opportunity to be together as children of yours and those who are interested in opening your word and study. Thank you, Father, for the gift of your son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us. Thank you that we can come before your throne on the bended knees of our hearts, and we do that now, asking for wisdom as we open your truth and bring to a close a quarter of study where we have opened your, uh, your Bible 
and looked at it regarding some uh, items uh, regarding what you say about worship and salvation and the church and compare that to things we hear in the world so that we will understand exactly what the truth is on those subjects. But Father, now as we close this prayer, we ask specifically for your blessings upon the family and the caregivers and uh, especially upon Kay Jackson and Chopper Taylor, the Holt family, Ben Roberts and Norma and her family as they go through difficult times, times of healing, times of recovery, times of sickness and sadness. And Father, we know that sometimes we take for granted the happiness and the health that you afford us with. Forgive us for that. and Be with these about whom we have petitions you tonight. In accordance to your holy will, in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now tonight specifically, as we uh, kind of wind down a quarter's worth of study, I want you to uh, understand that we're going to review very quickly, and then we're going to review real quick from last week up into where we are, and then uh, this last particular lesson tonight will require us to dig a little deeper, and uh, we're going to get a little intense um, but remember, from lesson one, from the very first day, it is our goal to speak where the Bible speaks, to be silent where the Bible silent, is silent, to call Bible things by Bible names and do Bible things in Bible ways. Uh, in love, we are looking at what the Bible has to say regarding the church, what the Bible has to say regarding the end of time and the coming of the Lord in Judgment Day, and now finally what the Bible has to say about salvation, and then making sure that as we talk to others, as we experience life and make decisions that what we believe matches what we practice, uh, goes with what the Bible says, because if it doesn't, then that puts us uh, at odds with God. Okay, now... So very quickly, some Bible uh, truth compared to common misconceptions and error concerning God's plan of saving our eternal souls. First thing we did, we're not going to read any of these verses because we're going to move right through them. Uh, it was a true or false quiz. We learned according to Scripture that God wants everyone to be saved and that Jesus is the only way to get to God. We learned from Scripture that the Word of God has the power to save our souls. We also learned from Scripture that obedience to God is necessary to saving my soul. I have to be willing to obey. We learned that obedient faith is necessary to saving my soul. We learned from Scripture that I must be willing to believe that Jesus is God's Son, that He died on the cross for me, and that He was buried in a borrowed tomb and rose the third day and ascended back to heaven where He sits now on the right hand of authority on the throne of God. I must be willing to believe that. I must be willing, according to Scripture, to make a decision to turn away from sin and turn to Christ in obedience. Uh, and that's referred to as repentance. I must be willing to confess before others that Jesus is God's Son. Confess it because I believe it. Confess it not just to, uh, as an affirmation, but as a choice. And in doing that, then I also learn from 
uh, Acts 2.38 and Romans 6.3 and 4 and Acts 22.16 that I must be buried in water, immersed in water to contact the blood of Christ and to have my sins washed away. All eight of those because the scripture shows us that, not because we uh, decided that was a good plan of action. And then we learned, uh, according to the prophecy of Joel 2.32 and Acts 2.21, where Peter repeated what Joel had to say, and Paul the same in Romans 10 and verse 13, I must call upon the name of the Lord in order to be saved. Yes, that's a Bible doctrine. But we learned uh, in our, the end of our conversation last week with our Bibles open, was that when we call upon the name of the Lord, we are submitting ourselves to the Lord. We're not just verbally asking the Lord or affirming the Lord or calling out the Lord's name, but we are obeying the Lord. And we learn that uh, not just from Romans 10, 11 through 16, because in that very passage where it says, I have to be careful not to go backwards here, but where it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It, you say, preacher, it says that in the Bible. Oh, it most certainly does. In that same text, uh, down in around verse 15 or 16, it said, but not all have obeyed the gospel. So wait a minute. So the calling on the Lord and the obeying of the gospel were connected. Otherwise, it would have made no sense for Paul to say that. Nor would it have made sense for Ananias to say to Paul, why are you waiting? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Those two go together logically. And uh, what was the verse in Luke? Um, I couldn't think of it, JT. Luke, where Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Why call you me Lord? Matthew 7, 21, 22, 23. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. In Luke 6, 44, you know, not everyone who says Lord, but he who does. And then, why do you call me Lord? So again, we, we understand calling on the Lord and obeying, they're one and the same. Now, you said, we've done every bit of that. That's right. And we ended with this question. So we ran really quick up to this, and now we put our feet down for a few minutes. Can any prescription... Now this, I'm asking this question... Not arrogantly, not uh, haughtily, not aggressively, but very as humbly as I know how. I'm pretending that I am sitting across from you at a kitchen table. Can any prescription, any plan, any prayer, any precept set forth by a human being for how a person's soul is saved that deviates from what we found in the Bible to be true... Or, uh, can it, that, that's not written right. Can it be acceptable to God? Can any prescription that deviates, can any plan, any prayer that, that deviates from God's prescription please God? No. no, it can't. Now, that's an obvious answer. And, and anyone who's being honest with Scripture is going to say, well, of course not. Okay, now this is what I said I would do. Let me make this perfectly clear. I, what you see on the screen, I did not write. I didn't conjure this. I didn't make this up to prove a point. I actually went out in search of, just like many people do every day. Remember in Acts 16, well, it's, I think it's mentioned here. Uh, what do I need to do to be saved? Many people are asking that question. 
So I searched just like many people search. Then what I have on the screen is what I found. What many people find every day, and I want us to think about it. Maybe you've seen this. And I'm just going to read it to you because I, just like you would pick up, maybe you know, it used to be tracks, you know, those little pamphlets. Now you search on the Internet or uh, you do whatever you do with that barcode thingy, that scan thingy. I still haven't figured out how to do that. Uh, but and it shows you something. Well, God's plan of salvation. The what's in blue is what I wrote. How does this plan of salvation compare to what we found in God's word? And these in black are not my words. God's plan of salvation, the how. In Acts 16, 31, a man asked the apostle Paul how to be saved. Paul's response was, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. The way to follow. Now, that's exactly what that verse says, right? Absolutely. But watch what follows. I'm right here. Oops. Yep, I'm right here. The way to follow God's plan of, of salvation is to believe. That is the only requirement. The way to follow God's plan of salvation is to believe. That is the only requirement. Is that different from what we've just studied? That's not what we, that doesn't fit what we've read. How can I in good faith put that out there for someone? God has provided for our salvation through Jesus Christ. All we must do is receive it by faith, fully trusting Jesus in Jesus alone as our Savior. That is God's plan of salvation. Folks, that is not God's plan of salvation. This is not God's plan of salvation. And I don't mean that unkind. Why is it not God's plan of salvation? Because it deviates from the plain teaching of Scripture that we have read. Not because. Now, let me say this with all kindness. If someone ever says, hey, what does the, uh, they may say, Boonville Church of Christ. What does the Church of Christ believe about salvation? You know what my answer to that is, JT? Nothing. Yeah? Uh, uh, we don't have one. I don't have a belief. Now, I do my best to find what the Bible says about it and then believe that. And that's not even my belief. It's my faith in what God says. Now, that's important. We're, we're at the nitty-gritty here. There may be some people watching at home. There may be some people that you know who are going to take uh, 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 exception to what I'm saying. But understand, these are not my words. Let's keep going. God's plan of salvation, will you receive it? Ooh, wait a minute. If you are ready to follow God's plan of salvation, place your faith in Jesus as your Savior. Change your mind from embracing sin and rejecting God uh, to rejecting sin and embracing God through Jesus Christ. That's a good statement. That's repentance. Fully trust in the sacrifice of Jesus as the perfect and complete uh, payment for your sins. Also a good statement. If you do this, God's word promises you will be saved. Your sins will be forgiven and you will spend eternity in heaven. There is no more important decision. Place your faith in Jesus Christ um, 
as your Savior today. Now, my question is, did that, sta did that paragraph leave some things out that the Bible includes? Yes or no? Okay. Can I please God if I leave out that which God has included? Never. Never. Now, let's look at another one. When, when um, Paul was saying those things, I mean, the, the people in the prison had not heard the, God, the word of God. It goes on and tells us that they preached to them that night, and then they rose and were baptized. Absolutely. In fact, what's so, interesting... So I think, you know, sometimes, like, if, if someone's never heard the word of God, if someone asks me, so what do I need to become a Christian? Well, you need to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Right? Absolutely. But, but I have to teach them. And so I think it just depends on the audience that we're talking to as far as where they are in their faith. And now, oh, absolutely it does. In fact, he said to them, what's interesting is that he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They were in a Roman prison. First thing out of his mouth. Verse 32, uh, I'm verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Uh, not that moment. How do you know? Because verse 32 says, He spoke the word of the Lord to them and all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his house were baptized. Now, okay, see, I, I, I want to make sure that I give nothing but the appearance of sincerity and humility. But before, be careful that you don't say there. See, they were saved because they believed, and then they were baptized. Okay, and you say, well, wait a minute. How did they know to be baptized? Well, Paul told them because it says he preached to them. To think, yeah, he, he told them. Okay, what would he have told them? He would have told them only what was in here, right? So what does in here say about baptism? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you for the remission of sins. Uh, and so we let the Bible answer itself. Very good point. You can take the Bible and look at it, and you can prove a lot of things by just finding one word. I've had people say to me, well, God is dead. Well, no, it's not that. Well, God is dead because it says in the Bible. The well, that, okay, just like you. Sure, you can do that. Don't you think that's why that the scripture is so adamant about not adding to, not taking away? And Paul was very adamant when he said to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20 that I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel, all the counsel of God. I didn't leave anything out. 
because we can do that. You're going to laugh at this. I'm really not saying this to be a joke. It was told as though it really happened. Now, a lot of preacher stories kind of evolved that way. And, uh, but the story is told of an old preacher in the 1800s uh, uh, who had a hatred. Do you all know what a uh, top knot is, ladies? An old-timey top knot? That, that he thought that the, he hated those things. And he thought the women ought not wear their hair that way, that it ought to flow down. That was his belief. And he preached a sermon on it and said, the Bible says that you should not do that. And his verse was, top knot, come down. In Matthew 24, there's a verse that says, let him who is on the housetop not come down. So he took top knot, come down. You can't do that because that's manipulating the scripture. We cannot manipulate the scripture, okay? Let's look at this one. Here's another area that you may have found before. Uh, how does this plan compare? And again, I found this by simply asking that question. I didn't write these words in black. A salvation prayer known by many Christians uh, as the sinner's prayer is a prayer one would say to repent from sin, ask God for forgiveness, confess belief in Jesus Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior. Saying a, a salvation prayer is the first step in your relationship with God. So far, no major red flags. If you believe the Bible offers truth about the way of salvation, but you have not taken the step to become a Christian, it's as simple as praying this prayer. You can pray by yourself using your own words. There's no special formula. Just pray from your heart to God and he will save you. If you feel lost and don't know how to pray, here's a salvation prayer that you can follow. Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you. From this day forward, help me to live every day for you and in a way that pleases you. I love you, Lord, and I thank you that I will spend all eternity with you. Amen. Now listen, that prayer is a very humble prayer, a very sincere prayer. It makes me think, to be perfectly honest, about the, the uh, tax collector who smote himself on the chest and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. The only problem with that is that if you offer that as a prescription of salvation, that prayer is not in Scripture. This prayer is nowhere in the Bible. You will never find anyone, anywhere, praying a prayer like this or any other formula or format to be saved. But rather, they are told what we are told, the very words that we have discussed. Now, I say that with all honesty. Now, as we think about Well, of course you do. You hear that. Uh, uh, you, you fear it. I mean, you hear it. And again, a person, and here's the part you have to truly understand, 
is that there are many people. That's why I want to make sure if you're listening to me uh, at home on live stream, uh, I, I am not bashing anyone's belief system. Simply saying, if we want to please God and be saved, we have to obey God. That obedience has to be God's way, not our way. And there are many people who have said that prayer, who sincerely believe that it has saved them. Now, does God have the power to do that? Absolutely. I want to tell you something. Do you believe in that the God of heaven is a powerful God? Remember that the, the God we studied about this morning who filled up all of those uh, vessels of oil, you know, from a, a, a container that wasn't even full to begin with? Do you understand that, right? Uh, so God has that kind of power. It didn't seem to be full. He has that power, doesn't he? So remember Naaman in 1st or 2nd Kings? I always forget. Second Kings, I always get those mixed up. But when in Second Kings, did God have the power to, to, to simply uh, give the prophet the, the ability to, to say, be healed, and that, those, that leprosy dropped right off his hands, dropped right off his arms into the dust? Couldn't he have done that? Of course he could have done that. But he didn't. He said, this is what you have to do. And do you know when Naaman was cleansed? When he obeyed, it, 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 it's never changed. Now, I want to, to our last part, and we might end or finish a little bit early today, but I don't know if we will. Uh, those words don't <coughs> usually come out of my mouth. But the two previous slides, <coughs> excuse me, the two previous slides represent the many instances of man's departure. Just like some of you said, I, I've seen that many times. Okay, I've heard that many times. And you will hear it many times. Of man's departure from God's scriptural plan to save the souls of, of the obedient. Okay, this is what I would say to you. This is what I want you to say to others when you study with them. How do we respond to such changes? A deviation is a change. Let's consider them in the light of these passages. All right, now let's go. You ready to read? All right. Galatians chapter 1, 6 through 9. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Okay, does that passage of Scripture need a great deal of explaining or commentary? It really doesn't. Paul made it quite clear that these are not alternate. Anything that seems to be different, anything that is different, any teaching, any doctrine, any belief, any pattern of doing uh, or, or, or any prescription or pattern that says this is how you can be saved according to God that doesn't match the gospel is not another gospel, but it is a deviation of the truth. It's a perversion of the truth. So you have to decide when I find the truth and I know the truth, but this doesn't match the truth. What I'm holding on to, if it's, if it's 
something besides the truth, is a perverted truth, a changed truth. Let's see if I can illustrate that in just a second. All right, now let's go to 2 Peter 3, 14 through 18. Y'all listen to this. 2 Peter 3 talks about the end, talks about when the Lord comes, talks about the earth being burned with fire, talks about uh, we seeking a new heaven and a new earth. Now let's pick up with verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know that these things before Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. My friends, we often read the earlier part of this chapter and talk about the end uh, and judgment and the Lord coming. We often read verse 18 when we admonish and encourage one another to grow in grace and knowledge, but look at what's above verse 18. Before we are encouraged and challenged and warned to grow in grace and knowledge, what did he say? He said, uh, be, be, beware lest you fall away from your own steadfastness. But how? Being led away with the error of the wicked. This time, instead of saying being led away by lust, being led away with sinful things that are in the world, which are also just as dangerous... What we learned in and what we learned in Second John or First John two, but what did he say? He said, "Be careful that you are not led away by the error of the wicked." And now we know what error is. What did Paul tell us? Error was when somebody takes the gospel and messes with it, changes it, and that becomes error. And he said, "Be careful of that," because what did he say? Verse sixteen unlearned and unstable people, the King James says rest, twist, twist. Okay? W-R-E-S-T, rest, it just means to twist, uh, to turn it. Okay, say, some, say something that don't, okay? I want to try something here, and I may make a complete mess out of this. I hope not. But I'm going to try something here because I, I want you to consider something. And I mean this. If you can't get this, then you, 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 you can't get anything. I don't mean that disrespectfully, I promise. When you see this bottle of water, I want you to imagine that I have gone to my doctor and um, I'm sick. To be healthy, the doctor says, you drink one of these bottle of water, purified water, one a day, every day. And he gives me 365 of these, and I'm to drink one of them every day. Now, I started to illustrate this by bringing some motor oil that I had changed the other day. and put. But then uh, nobody in their right mind, now everybody would say, well, duh, of course I'm not going to drink that. You poisoned it. And I thought that they wouldn't get it. But okay, I take this water perfectly. I just opened it for the first time. And I drink that like I'm supposed to, and the doctor says I'll be healthy, okay? But I want you to imagine, okay, I'm just illustrating, I'm not 
saying that that's a cure-all. But watch this. Let's say, you know, I'm not a big fan of pl plain old water. I don't much like that. Let's see if I can get this open on that side. Not much of a fan of plain water. We'll put that in there. And you know, don't tell. Shh. None. Not a big fan of sugar-free flavor either. So I'm going to put me some sugar in there. D will be happy. I didn't spill any of it. Okay. So, now I take that. Now listen carefully. There is nothing. This is still water. This will not hurt me. Unless I'm not supposed to have sugar. Now I have flavored it to suit my taste. I have added sugar to make it sweet because that's how I like it. I can drink this every day just like this. And at the end of the year, I may be fine. But I won't be healthy. I won't because I didn't do what the doctor prescribed. Now, if you can get that, this tastes sweet. It's pretty to look at. Tastes good. It's fruit punch. It's really sweet fruit punch. It's got two packs of sugar in it. But, folks... It won't do what it's supposed to do because now I've added to it what makes me happy. I've added to it what looks good to me. I've added to it something that it will be perfectly acceptable. It's acceptable, except it isn't what. It isn't what it's supposed to be. Because I added to it, I changed it now to suit me. And it makes me happy but it doesn't meet the prescription the doctor gave me, and therefore I won't get the results that he said I would. Now, if you understand that, I can take what the Bible says about how to be saved and change it to suit the surroundings, my surroundings, to suit myself, to make it sweet, so that, I, so that anybody who halfway wants it, can have it. But if it doesn't match what the Bible says, it's absolutely worthless because it's not pure anymore. Hmm? You won't get the cure. You won't get the results you were promised. Why? Because it doesn't match the prescription. Now, you may go home and say, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard or ever saw, I mean. But you, you may, but you won't forget it. It's easy to remember. And I want to tell you something else. When you're sitting across with someone who has bristled at you because you just said something that has gone against a hundred years of tradition, and you walk them through that, they will be face to face with God and His truth. And you'll be out of the equation. They have to decide are they going to accept what God says? Or accept what they like. Now, does, I don't, does that make any sense? I think a kid could even understand that illustration. 
Ma'am? I think that's a great illustration even for our young kids. Oh, especially for our young kids. It's absolutely, absolutely. Um, anybody want, I can't drink this. If anybody wants this. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, that brings us to the end uh, of this particular uh, series of studies. And we're just a little bit early. Uh, I didn't even get to the group that I had in the annex because of, I forgot now what happened. Uh, but I, I didn't get to this part of it. So I was glad I got to finish the, the whole slide. Raise your hand if you wanted a paper copy and, and we ran out. I know there was at least, all right, so I'll make some more, okay? I'll make some more, um, and, uh, okay. And I've still got that clipboard back there uh, if you want to sign to have it sent digitally too, either way. But I, I meant to do that today, but I, was, I just forgot. But I'll make those copies and I'll have them back there for you. Uh, Lord willing, not this quarter, but the next. This coming quarter, starting next Sunday night, Ken will be teaching uh, in here to all the classes, all the adult classes. Uh, so the young adult class will be in here and the annex class will be in here. And it will be a study of what the Bible teaches about church leadership for a quarter. And then on Wednesday night, uh, Adam Carlson will be in the TAC since the college class is in the annex, and he will, uh, he'll be in the other side of the tech, and you'll be studying the book of Romans. Uh, and then in here, Ken will be studying the distinctive nature of the New Testament church. Uh, and then following that, because we combined uh, the leadership class as a, a void, uh, the following quarter, and... Uh, if the Lord willing uh, and the elders are okay with it, I think I'm going to do the second part of this class, uh, the things I didn't get to regarding the Holy Spirit, uh, speaking in tongues, uh, uh, instrumental music, you know, the fun stuff, uh, and study that a little bit. Uh, but thank you very much. Uh, um, let's bow and go to our Father. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be your children, to study your truth, to do what's right. Thank you for giving us such powerful, plain scripture that we can study it, that we can learn from it, that we can go out and teach it and one day be saved through it. Give us the courage to live our lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks. Uh, I think we're just a little bit early, but they'll be turning loose. Don't worry, any second. <coughs>